0: Welcome to Radio Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world
1: today. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Finance Thailand 2021. We're looking forward to our leadership dialogue on scaling digital in the competitive, hyper-connected Thai market. Like much of Asia, and Southeast Asia in particular, Thailand has embraced the digital economy in a big way, especially amid the current pandemic. It has a sophisticated telecommunication infrastructure to begin with, one of the best in the region, in fact, boasting high fixed and mobile broadband speeds, according to the speed, the speed test global index.
2: Thailand's strategic investment in information and communication technology, especially the rollout of the 5G amid the pandemic, is further transforming the economy enabling businesses to leverage new and exciting ways of connecting uh, with customers. Thai consumers today also account for one of the highest mobile penetration, social media usage, internet banking accesses, and cryptocurrency ownership in the world. The Digital Economy Promotion Agency reported that its digital economy grew by more than 10% in 2020 to reach $20.6 Gross merchandise volume total $18 billion And the digital economy is projected to more than double to $53 billion by 2025 The digitization of the Thai financial services sector has been aggressively supported by the Bank of Thailand The Southern Bank also introduced the prompt pay real-time retail payment and the national digital identity system as part of its payment system roadmap. Now, in its fourth stage, the roadmap has facilitated the creation of customer-centric ecosystems and platforms supported by digital payments. In 2020, the number of registered prompt pay users surpassed 50 million, with a daily transaction volume of more than $2.5 billion. Incomer banks, non-financial service players, and fintechs have responded to this growth by building more mobile applications and open API enabled banking platforms to embed digital payment and finance into the e-customer journey and user experience. The rapid adoption of digital payments has also accelerated the launch of digital currencies as government try to respect some control over the money supplies, as well as further facilitating the digitization of payment systems.
1: In today's dialogue, we want to discuss how high financial institutions are leveraging these developments to create new capabilities to serve your customers, especially the consumers and small businesses who do not traditionally get the best treatment from the industry players. We want to make this discussion as practical as possible and focus on your different perspective, what you're doing and the challenges that you face and how you have overcome them. We hope that this discussion will offer some clear insights on one, building the next generation digital banks and developing unique experiences. Two, on delivering frictionless customer journey to cloud-based infrastructure. And three, overcoming SME financing challenges and gaps to sustain business, and economic recovery. Now, before I introduce our uh, panel guests, I'd like to also give a shout-out to the Thai Bankers Association, which we have annually, when we're doing this event, supported this uh, event so well. And uh, we thank all the participants who have come through uh, to join this event through the association. So now let me introduce our esteemed guest panelists. Uh, First, we have Kun Sopatin Wan uh, the Executive Vice President of Integrated Channels and Business Solutions uh, and Division Head at Kasi Bank. Khun Rathaprong uh, Ikaput uh, or Khun Tok, Head of Consumer Digital Solutions Division at Bank of Ayudhya. And finally, uh, Darius Tosissing, the Consulting Manager at Kormach.
2: The financial services industry in Thailand has remained resilient amid the pandemic, supporting economic recovery and preserving livelihood. Timely initiatives taken by the government and the Bank of Thailand with the support of the financial industry has provided much needed debt relief and financial support to consumers and in particular, small businesses. Given the scenario, like all the other neighboring countries, the financial industry in Thailand is likely to have agenda to address, such as remaining resilient, building long-term value for the organization and embarking on digital transformation and cloud. And this is not a one-time journey, it's a continuous journey given the development of technology that's moving so fast, uh, as well as the addressing of cybersecurity. And finally, the subject of ESG which is the environment, social, and governance uh, challenges. But today, we will focus on the digital transformation journey, given the time constraint, of the Thai financial industry and how it is keeping in step with technologies, trends such as artificial intelligence, big data and data analytics, migration to cloud, open banking, leveraging on 5G capabilities, which be mentioned uh, about adopting the 5G's uh, initiatives to deliver competitive customer experience. The industry has experienced rapid shifts towards contactless transactions, partnership with non-traditional players like Line and Grab, adoption of the Internet of Things and smart devices, as well as adoption of blockchain that's reshaping business models. Our first topic is building the next generation of digital banks in Thailand and developing unique experiences for the customers. This, we would like to talk about your journey to build the new next generation of digital banks. What are the broad Thai consumer needs that any digital transformation effort must address? What people expect and what they want you to add in in comparison to what they've experienced in the other retail uh, platforms. So we would like to start with our panel speakers. What are the initiatives that's taking place in Thailand that they can share with us and how it has impacted the customers and employees as well in the course of this journey. So with that, we would like to start out by having the first question. Koon, super, super dear.
1: One from
3: us back. We have been like doing all this thing for a couple of years um, because we are believing that um, our customers are actually our partners' customers as well because uh, since we are in different con- um, different industries, uh, for example, if they would like to go for the deliveries, they will go to Grab um, online. Lineman. If they would like to go to shopping, they will go shopping Lasadas. So that's um, actually the initiatives that uh, we are starting with the strategies that um, we will be collaborating with the partners because our ecosystem is not um, big enough for for the customers. Basically, um, our journey, it will be like how we'll be able to link ourselves to all the our partners' ecosystem and also being able to bring the customer experiences through like between across the platform. So that's um, our own strategies Like we would like to be wherever our customer are. And um, that is uh, starting for a couple of years. Um, it's been starting from a very little like collaborations, which is um, we linkage um, the payment. For example, we are doing the pay with K plus with uh, Facebook, uh, which is like, if you are buying things at, at the messengers, um, the senders, the the sellers, we actually have a link, and then we are going through that, and it's actually switching a link to the P- K K plus, and we are able to pay through the mobile banking, those kind of things, and it's been extended from all those like Facebook to other social uh, media and other um, like um, ecosystem of the e commerce as well and then um, it started from that collaborations and now we are starting to have for example um cross-platform co-lending um doing the um, a joint venture uh, company with this like um k-bank do a joint venture company with line uh and is coming to the um, k-line uh, company which is offering all the loans and we are kind of leveraging our strengths in each of the partners. For example, we are have our own data. Our partners have their own data. We are mixing up together how we'll be able to um, actually serving customers broader than what we have done um, as a bank um, itself. So basically, that will be our strategies in terms of not being grow. Um, you know separately basically we would like to grow with our partners and that is uh, some of initiatives that we have done i have to say is that it's um during the call it's actually with all the collaboration we are able to help a lot of customers not just in because we, normally we are you know with our own data for example we are able to lend to some of very limited people because uh, we are based on like a financial kind of behavior um, either like um, uh, statements, uh, payments. But when we are working with our partners, we are able to use um, the strengths of our partners as well. They have um, other like behavioral data that actually help us to be able to be comfortable uh, with lending with the broader of the customers. And it shows um, in terms of uh, both like our growth of the loans and also the growth of our like subsidiary, which is like K Line. So I think um, what we would like to mention here, it's basically one um, experiences across platform uh, to make it seamless to make uh, the customer feel that they don't have to remember anything. Um, in terms of financial, it actually helps the engagement and also helps the the growth of the mobile banking a lot and um, also increase the satisfactions of the customer as well. At the same time, in terms of working with the partners, not just a customer experience, but, but all, all the way like back end, it's like uh, credit scoring models, it's um, all the you know, other kind of like experience, which is like not the, the UX UI. Uh, we can le- collaborate and actually leveraging like um, strengths of each of the partners. We, if we make it well, with our partners, basically in the front, we will be able to kind of serve our customer well. So that's pretty much all we have done for the past a couple of years. And and we will still have a long way to go because as you mentioned, it's a continuous of the journey that we have to, you know, like um, follow up with um, the change of the customer behavior, the change of the environment, um, also the... The strategies of each of the partners that we would like to, you know, we would like to win together as well.
2: Given the, the fact that you, you know, making a lot of uh, moves in terms of building up your ecosystem, working with partners, and looking from end to end, covering risk management as well, uh, how have you leveraged uh, on artificial intelligence to build the kind of volume of data that you're handling?
3: For example, that um, what we have done with our partners, basically. Um, as a K-banks, like the banks, right? We have a lot of like behavioral data in terms of financials, um, all the pay payments, um, transactionals, um, the way that they engage with our platform, our channels. But what we don't have, for example, with all those SME, right? If they get things with cash and also ability to pay back or willingness to pay back, sometimes it's not coming with the financial stuff because... If you are rich, but you spend a lot more than what you earn, basically you will not um, return the money neither. So it's basically what we are extended to that level is uh, we are using the behavioral data. We're working back with our portfolios and we're coming up with um, the behavioral score that we are able to kind of like um, approval of the customers Mm -hmm. that Uh, I will say that we'll use like a comparative both of the scoring, both financial and both behavioral. And we can test a lot on that um, um, kind of infrastructures as well. So that's about the data. Um, About the AI, actually, we use a lot to help us to make um, more of the operations um, efficiency. For example, with all the data, all the lending, um, all the scoring. If they are not using our own statements, we have to asking for the, for the, for the other bank statements. Basically, how we will be able to reduce it? Um, all those um, kind of pre screening for our like back office um, people to be able to kind of working with the kind of potential customers. So all those AI and all those like um, data analytics will helps a lot in terms of operational efficiency. And also with the um, facial recognitions and the ID that we are linked with all all the, um, all, the, all the like industry, like in other banks, it helps in terms of onboarding customer as well.
2: Koon uh, Bratapron would like to add in uh, Bank Ayutia's uh, journey uh, what have
0: you been focusing on? Yeah, um, actually, it's uh, pretty uh, similar to what Kun uh, Supani Wan has just mentioned. Um, basically, I think the uh, pandemic is a wake up call for, you know, all of us is a catalyst for um, innovation and it will accelerate the adoptions of digital over physical. And surely this uh, will uh, change the customer behavior and uh, it will have a long lasting uh, effect. Um, in terms of the uh, strategies, um, I believe that um, one of the strategies for Cooksy is on the uh, ecosystem and partnership, which is, <laughs> I think it's every bank are doing the same, but um, we're focusing on two tracks. One is on the uh, becoming a platform providers and also uh, become uh, become a provider to the platform. So uh, for um, just to give you an example of uh, what we meant by the uh, being the uh, platform provider is that uh, we, we try to... Um, Leverage our platform and see um, how we can uh, move beyond uh, our limit into adjacent business or beyond uh, banking, and connecting with uh, our partners and offering you know other uh, non-financial products, lifestyle right. products, just to learn and gather the new behavior. Um, the other thing that we we try to connect is to um ecosystem, which is the uh, co-op. Uh, co-op is actually a a cooperative uh, platform. Uh, what, what we call is a people-centric enterprise-owned. Um, they provide um, their members with a secure um, mean of saving money and they can also get loan carrying a reasonable uh, lending rate. But the pain point is that they have to travel to the branch of the co-op to withdraw the cash, withdraw the lending, withdraw their savings. So by connecting with our platform, they can get gain access to our channels, whether it's the mobile app, um, transfer or um, our ATM channels. So that actually helped uh, solve that pain point. And uh, becoming, the yeah, I think, a provider to the platform, you know, like uh, what others like to call uh, banking as a service. I think um, all banks are looking at, at um, this a similar way because um, if you look at the, uh, the overall market, uh, Thailand is among the top in the world, as you mentioned earlier whether in terms of daily time usage on the internet, you know, Thai people are using five hours (laughs) a day. And um, you look at e-commerce adoptions, we're also one of the highest uh, in the world, the use of mobile payment also, quite high. So it's critical to position ourselves where um, customers are and, you know, creating a corresponding uh, digital platform strategy relevant to um, our marketing uh, position as well as strategic objective, so that's that's where um, we are heading on on the Gung the si side.
2: And, and we've been talking a lot about this, and and um, you know, if we are here, maybe fifteen years ago or ten years back, we would probably be talking about bank branches. Now, with digitization, you know, uh, it's very. We're particularly interested what is transforming the. The branches. How is the the bank branches, the retail bank branches being reimagined? Maybe you would know, you like to uh, give us some view how tight uh, retail branches are transforming.
0: Moving back like ten years ago, you know we were talking about you know expanding you know opening more branches and you know if the more branch you have, the more co- uh, customer you get and you know that's that's right in a certain way, but. You know, during this COVID pandemic, it's actually opposite because we embark on our journey to build the uh, digital uh, bank, you know. Um, Gloomsy has set up uh, a separate and dedicated team, you know, running um, digital bank under the brand kept by Glungsi. Um, We launched in uh, July last year. So, you know, just during the COVID, it's purely digital onboarding, you know, process with no physical branches at all. And you know we provide service that empower um, customers to manage their financial better through their uh, our mobile applications. I believe that the data will become the key important and uh, areas for um, the consumers, and they want to know about themselves and their financial well being. You know, understanding you know where they're heading. How can we help them improve their financial well being? That's that's our aim. And, you know, um, with that being said, uh, when we look at the customer engagement, we see high uh, engagement on, on this app, this digital banking, because our aim is to make uh, saving more fun and affordable and effortless. And it's automated with, you know, automated uh, features like uh, we launch a, what we call auto grab, where um, system will grab from uh, kept saving and transfer part of that fund into other accounts. It could be, you know, they could set like, uh, you know, um, a certain fixed limit, a percentage of saving or um, a roundup, or they could set a regular saving. So we are trying to make it more fun for the uh, consumer and we're seeing uh, captions in this part. And uh, we're also uh, <laughs> so honored to receive an award from Asian Banker on this product as well, in terms of the excellence in retail financials. And we recently also received the uh, digital brand campaign on this part as well. So I'm pretty certain that we're on the right track on our digital um, journey. And and hopefully we can, you know, um, drive this further and become the uh, the next generation of digital bank in Thailand. And, you know, um, why people are moving away from branch is that, you know, uh, now with the COVID uh, pandemic and people are trying to stay away from branch and, you know they want to do things uh, now uh, at this time at this, this moment at this place. You know it's it's twenty four seven now. It's not like you know ten years ago where, you know, you have to go to a branch at a certain period. You know eight thirty to four thirty. You know so things change, people change. So yeah, and hopefully we're on the right track on on doing that. And Darius, uh,
2: from the technology standpoint, I mean. Uh, how is Thai adopting it in terms of the latest trend of technology uh, moving towards virtual reality or augmented reality, as well as the back end uh, support in that digital transformation?
4: From my perspective, when I cooperate with uh, the, th- the banks in the region, I see that they are very, very busy in uh, upgrading their digital. Uh, platforms. The, the thing is that um, the approaches are slightly different. I mean, the, the some banks they focus more towards the ecosystem, working with the partners, wo- working with the networks of other um, companies, and they try to grow along with them. Whereas the other banks they focus on the processes and uh, try to first. Um, um, upgrade the backend functionalities and make sure that the customer journeys are frictionless and uh, can Im- be improved and then enhance um, later on using different products and services. So uh, both, of, obviously both approaches are good. Um, the thing is that um, the customer uh, behavior is changing and, they, and the banks needs to adapt um, towards that. So what is very important is uh, to understand that this uh, this trend of digitalization, it's not something that uh, came up yesterday and is going to finish tomorrow. It's actually the journey that the banks need to do it uh, in order to be competitive, in order to grow, in order to attract more customers and provide them with uh, better functionalities. So this is uh, one thing. Um, Another thing is that um, if we talk about the augmented reality um, and virtual reality, it's actually the functionalities that is nice to have because they bring some potential value. They are very interested uh, and interesting to to the clients. But I would rather suggest to focus more on the Uh, STP on uh, straight through processing throughout the whole customer lifecycle and the product lifecycle, meaning that the customers should uh, uh, have the journeys frictionless, meaning that they can be offered the right product at the right time to meet their business needs and then go through the whole process of opening, managing, amending the product, and then closing the product and getting the report. Um, so this is the key value. Obviously, devel- delivering that in a augmented reality or virtual reality package, it's even better, correct? But uh, definitely out uh, personally, would rather focus first on this uh, frictionless Customer journeys.
2: For the first topic, I thought uh, the takeaway here is that the banks in Thailand is moving uh, quite at a very uh, strong speed in terms of its transformation, uh, leveraging on um, the technology trends uh, such as AI, data, data analytics, uh, and. You know the next topic, of course, uh, cloud, which, which we'll discuss in which Ping mentioned, we'll discuss in okay. a little more detail, uh, and also, uh, with the use of you know, uh, contextualization, uh, trying to, as you mentioned, there is about uh, focusing on not just uh, the front end customer engagement, but also at the back end uh, to have straight through processing so that the customer onboarding. and and can take advantage of developments that the Thai government is uh, putting in place in terms of infrastructure, uh, in terms of identity, national identity systems, uh, as well as the payment systems. So, uh, and of course, uh, 5G is uh, also taking place now.
1: We heard so far uh, from uh, the banks, uh, K-Bank and uh, Kung Street talk a lot about uh, ecosystem partnership platform and so on and so forth. And a lot of this um, e-commerce partners are already uh, cloud native uh, service provider. uh, Whereas traditional banks grapple with the challenges of legacy operations and systems uh, characterized by siloed data, fragmented processes and non-integrated channels. Uh, that create transactional friction for customers and uh, operational inefficiencies for employees. Uh, Survey of Thai banks indicate that uh, 50% of digital workload will move to the cloud in the next five years. How realistic do you think this is? Is it too ambitious, too conservative? Where do you think the industry and your bank specifically is at the adoption of cloud? and uh, this journey towards more agile and scalable operations. So I'd like to put that question first uh, to Kun Supaniwa, uh, K-Bank.
3: We would like to say is that 50% of it will move to cloud is possible Possible because we have already started um, to do some kind of cloud um, system already. Um, basically, what we are looking for, not looking for, but we have done is we put our kind of system into the private cloud to make it more like security since um, the banking is more trusted that need that, um, to be the you know, highest priorities. Um, so we have started doing that already and we are kind of in the process of looking for like which other parts that uh, we are able to and more comfortable to move it onwards to the clouds. And um, we have seen that the cloud system actually it's help a lot in terms of because what we have seen in our own like in terms of the transactions um, since a behavior of using all those like digital you know like it's you have a peak one and then now it's it's a peak period and then it's coming down all those kind of stuff the scalabilities in terms of the cloud the flexibility of the cloud for that kind of scale is actually will help us a lot in terms of being able to like serving the customers with the increasing um, usage of the digital that we have um, gone through.
1: The question about moving your workload to the cloud in the next five years: fifty percent, seventy percent, hundred percent in the next five years.
3: Well, what 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 I have talking to the to the our own IT people, with they they are thinking that like fifty percent in five years, it's possible, really. Um, and we are kind of like looking forward to that because it will help. Like I say, is we have been changed a lot for the past two years because the COVID forced us to do so. And we were trying to move forward that fast of the pace um, to be able to gone through like being able to 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 like um because we already see the scale that it's coming, that we need some um, those kind of infrastructures to support
1: in the domestic regulatory environment, are, are there any regulatory hurdles to kind of going to the cloud. Now, some banks in terms of their transformation strategy is to take a, um, a kind of a, a, a divide and conquer approach, right? So they sub- set up separate subsidiaries and let those subsidiaries that are kind of smaller size, you know, to take on some of this challenge, uh, right? So uh, for K-Bank, right? You, you have K-Line, you, you have uh classical Technology, uh, um uh, company right and then you, you have the joint venture with uh with uh line line bk right line bank uh are, are those kind of are, are you testing the cloud water so to speak with, with some of these approaches
3: we are not really um categorized uh, the usage of the cloud in terms of subsidiaries and the and the bank i think it will be about the securities of the informations of like a financial things. So yeah. some part of some part of the K-Bank, we already use cloud because um, ki- kind of like the ecosystem, it, it will gone through. Some we are not comfortable yet to do so. I think um, in terms of the K-Line or the subsidi- subsidiaries, uh, it will be the same um, process that we have to gone through all, all those um, process.
1: Next, we would like to hear from Kun Top from Khun Sri, the same. Uh, that first question, how much of yeah. the do you think is ambitious conservative to move 50% in the next 5 years i would think it's rather conservative huh? and the pace yeah. where technology is moving now
0: i believe the over the next decade uh, we will see more changes happening in banking industry than we have ever seen in you know the past 100 years and you know i believe that you know this this five in the five next 5 years going to be crucial for um digital transformations um, Thailand is among the top in the world on the use of banking and, you know, financial service app. You know, uh, we have 70 million uh, people. We have 76 million accounts right now that are actually using mobile banking. I think five years is not um, uh, too aggressive. I think it's actually a goal for us to actually to meet because, you know, uh, with, within five years, you see a lot of changes happening in the banking industries and. You know, um, Gungsi has adopted this, um, you know, uh, cloud transformations um, a few years back. Um, like what um, I think is similar to, um, you know, K-Bank. And from my perspective, I still think that we are still on the initial stage and, um, you know, thinking about uh, which part to move to private cloud, sensitive data, non-sensitive data, whether, it, whether it's comply with, you know, the new PDPA regulations that we cannot. Uh, you know, move that uh, sensitive information to abroad. So those are kind of issues that we are, you know, focusing on, and it's it's quite a challenge. But I believe that once we move beyond that, you know, uh, that challenge, we can just, it's going to speed up really quickly on on the uh, cloud transformation.
1: Kung Sui, your strategic investor, strategic partner, right, uh, uh, MUFG would have a, experience with cloud from the many uh, kind of geography and the businesses that it kind of operates in. Uh, tell us in terms of what kind of lessons can you uh, draw from uh, MUFG in terms of uh, cloud implementation?
0: The good thing about being um, a part of MUFG is that you, you get to learn um, you know, uh, from MUFG and see uh, different use cases that uh, we're exploring. Um, I think we're working toward, you know, um, uh, forcing the development with, you know, unlimited environment, um, or uh, we could encourage innovate innovation and experiment, um, and also enhance um, continuous integration and continuous delivery. So it's just not about information only, and the other is, uh, you know, just uh, platform resilience. So um, how we can, you know, make sure that the we have the availability of the platform and also the, uh, you know, perform advanced data analytics. And, you know, uh, MUFG uh, also help, you know, bringing all those knowledge and build this part this gap in and try to drive this uh, for Kungsi as well. But as I mentioned, we're still um, quite in the initial stage and we should be able to um, drive this uh, use case forward. To Darius,
1: uh, as a kind of Kind neutral, uh, but very interested observer. How do you see this? Uh, and, and you have observed this shift to the cloud in other markets in Europe that you have operated in, as well as elsewhere in Asia, uh, that you also kind of advise on. Tell, tell us in terms of this whole trend towards um, moving to the cloud, how do you see different markets and how will you compare Thailand to those markets? Where, where are they in terms of that journey? And so what advice would
4: you give? The cloud is very complex and like a multi-layered problem that it's hard to break down in a short session, but uh, it has got so many dimensions, it's uh, hard to count. So uh, the discussion before that I've heard with between Kasikorn and, uh, and Krungthai Bank is also very interesting because they are in process of moving many uh, modules, many products, many services to cloud step by step, and this is a very nice strategy. But uh, what we also need to consider is the um, the compliance. We also need to take into consideration regulatory risk, and also many other factors. So. Um, for example, in, um, in Europe, in um, banks that I talk with, the, the fortunately enough, they have a uh, uh, European commission that uh, they make those compliance rules uh, like a way in advance. So if you want to do some banking project, you know what is going to happen, right? You know what will be the demand, you know what the regulations you need to do. And then before you start the project, will read that unfortunately this kind of data cannot be released outside of the country right so you know in which which environment you are looking on Uh, as for business processes from the business perspective what happens is that uh, very often um, the banks need to consider what they would like to do by themselves uh, what kind of services they want to provide with the partners or What is uh, better to acquire? So sometimes it's faster and better to acquire some functionalities, some specific products uh, from the cloud, from a provider that is already on the market and has got tested um, solution. So just plug in and extend the services to the client. Uh, Whereas uh, if uh, you have needs far beyond, you can develop by yourself. But again, it, you need to consider the uh, timing and you need to consider the experience and you need to consider the resources as well. So it strictly depends on the strategy and the timeline of the bank, how they li- like to bite through this. And uh, as for the initial question you ask about this 50 percent, um, I'm sure... I would guess it's pretty accurate number. I would say that in five years time, we will be like halfway through uh, transition towards the cloud. But this is just my uh, subjective opinion. I might be wrong. <laughs>
1: so in five years, you see fifty percent do the journey of going to the cloud. Not not okay. okay so it take uh, okay. uh, two ten years to move all the banks to the cloud. Um, now. Tradition or or banks leverage the cloud to enable more agile and real-time data, right? To to deliver frictionless customer experience. Um, You mentioned about regulatory risk, right? And and, recently we observed um, in terms of regulatory um, scrutiny over the use of data, it's always been there, you know, data privacy and so on and so forth. Uh, But now with the technology and especially with AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning um, and the use of algorithm, being able to create certain outcome. uh, And the worry is more about bias, right? And how you use those those technology. Uh, Regulators are also more concerned about how data use and how to protect consumer rights and and consumer outcomes. How how do you see that uh, in Thailand um, versus this whole movement towards, you know, uh, putting data in the
4: cloud and so on. I can um, come up with, the, for example, um, the AI that has been used in Thailand in terms of uh, um, anti-money laundering, uh, because uh, in some countries uh, um, that I work with, it's uh, the regulatory is quite clear. They say that. Uh, we need to uh, counter this anti-money laundering um, proceedings, and the banks should do whatever they can, uh, what is in their power, what is in their reach to do it, right? But the other regulators would say, you have to do it, plus you need to deliver us the result of how you did it. How did you come up with this idea? how did you manage to categorize that this kind of transaction was actually marked as a fraud and that one was not. So what happens is that in uh, some of the countries, we can use uh, pure AI in order to uh, pick up some patterns and uh, flag this particular transaction as a a potential fraud and uh, give it to the compliance officer to scrutinize the transaction. Whereas in the other countries where we need to deliver the results to prove why the AI did what it did, we can implement XAI. So XAI is explainable artificial intelligence and how it works. It's uh, broken down into smaller pieces that uh, using some sort of uh, advanced mathematics, statistics and uh, other tools, the modelings, we can actually... Uh, track down what kind of decisions the AI did and what was the outcomes because of what kind of data was fed in and what kind of weight was assigned to that kind of data. So uh, using this uh, XI uh, AI, we can actually prove to the um, National Bank of particular country that our results... Uh, is this and that because it's based on that kind of uh, science? So this is what we can do. This is uh, what we can bring to the market and mm-hmm. prove that actually AI can be useful the drink in anti-manipulation drink, it's not a black box anymore, but can be explainable. So this is one of the reasons why um, mm. the advanced tools can help the banks uh, and the clients. The clients is because their Transactions will not be stopped, and the banks is because the bank will have much less work and much less risk on their side.
1: You mentioned one use case, which is in the use of AML, uh, or in the case of AML for you know uh, sanction and you know uh, identifying you know sanction parties and so on and so forth. So uh, now I like also to ask the same questions. Uh, this this. Uh, about the use of advanced, you know, uh, analytic technology and uh, and customer outcome, for example, uh, how kind of how how important or how critical uh, uh, is this area uh, that you're looking into? You know, uh, this whole example, explainable AI, right? That that you know, what's in the technology, what's the algorithm, and how is that uh, impacting the customer outcome? Uh, if I may ask, especially as we move towards the cloud, where everything is more agile and uh, more real time. Kun, uh, uh, talk if you have any thoughts on this. In terms of the uh, use of uh, advanced data analytics, yeah. right? Uh, in terms of uh, how that is impacting customer outcome, uh, are you seeing kind of increased, uh, maybe concerns coming from the regulators in, in terms of having to uh, explain the yeah the, the technology being
0: used, yeah, or potential bias and how you are dealing yeah. with those bias. Yeah, using AI and ML definitely that's uh, one of the issue and challenge that uh, we're currently facing. Um, and we're, on that part, it's um, quite an early stage, and and um, we still don't really. Um, in terms of regulators, like they also have a challenge as in terms of using that. But uh, if we use it on something that it's explainable and it's uh, mathematical like what um, Darius just mentioned, um, I think that way it it might be possible. For example, um, informative uh, lending, you know, uh, utilizing uh, data from partnership and other things, those kind of things that we find correlations and, you know, derive the uh, behavioral score and all that. I think that would be uh, one of the use cases that, we can and definitely uh, we are exploring and working forward, looking, um, working toward too. So, those are the, the data, um, you know, view that we're working on, as well as the other, some of the basic, um, we're looking at some of the basic uh, data that we're looking at is it's, uh, cognitive banking, where um, how can we provide, you know, um, customer information, basic, uh, you know, informing customer. And getting them to um, utilize that as to drive them to what um, financial well-being of the customers. So those are the directions that we are exploring in terms of the um, data, advanced data. It, it's not; may, it may not be advanced, but that's in terms of AI and ML that we're looking towards too. But uh, for those that it's unexplainable, and then it just uh, split out the result, and that's that would be the challenge that we still have with the compliance and legal as well. So, yeah, that would be uh, another step that maybe um, in the future state that we would explore further.
2: Just to get on to the topic of the uh, using of artificial intelligence with the support of cloud. Uh, and I just have a curious question, which I'm sure Thailand, like in many of the Southeast Asian uh, countries, uh, the central banks or the regulators have already come out with ethics on the use of artificial intelligence, the guidelines. Uh, as well as the use of data uh, in terms of how you cleanse your data and protect uh, you know the, the data flow so very clearly I think Thailand would have similar guidelines uh, like what Singapore has or, or uh, Malaysia has so is that true are there any ethics guidelines and and uh, I'm talking about you know, I, I seen this in Singapore when I was on the uh, digital project. Yeah. Uh, so there were there are guidelines on the use of data, managing of data, as well as ethical use of AI.
3: Yeah, I think with the PDPA in Thailand, uh, we call like PDPA, right? It's make us much harder to kind of use data freely to be able to, you know, like um, tracking customers, understanding customers that um, we have all the guidelines that we have to ask for the permissions of the customers before doing that. However, the good thing is from the statistics of, um, I think we are social, like the statistics, like like yearly that they do, it seems like Thai people have a willingness to um, to provide their own data if they get like much better benefits or those kind of things. And um, it's been, um, and we have been like doing um, the line BK services, which is the beauty of the company is basically use the strings of the data of each of the companies. Um, one is financial, the other one is like a uh, behavioral. And um, with the along the way of the processing that they are asking for the, for the lending, they are they have a a very like high willingness to provide the data if they are able to to receive that services. So I think we should be able to blend that um, all this like rec, rec-, rec- regulations, um, all the PTPA, put it in all the onboarding process or the process that we are able to communicate it to them that they will get. What type of benefit if they are provided all the um, um provide all the data for analytics and or for the marketing and um, with that um, consent of the informations it actually helped us to be able to build um, as far as um, we are using it like a good like credit scoring models that we. We have a new one comparatively to the financials only that we use in the bank. Those kind of um, of data that actually um, we, it shows that it helps really uh, with a, a big um, data um, all those like machine learnings. Yeah.
0: Just a quick question uh, to you, Wilson. Yes, Just now you mentioned about the uh, the ethics that uh you know in Singapore they have for the AI. Um, would you be able to share? Uh, what kind of ethics that they have on the, on the AI?
2: Oh, well, it can take an hour or two. <laughs> but simply, the ethics about you uh, doing the, uh, the use of data, you must and with AI. The AI has to be tested. That means, you know, AI is supposed to help humans move faster in terms of analysis. But at the same time, AI needs to be audited and to make sure that it's not biased. For example, you know, they do not have what we call stereotyping uh, because we are all very sensitive about uh, discrimination, race discrimination and stuff like that. So these are ethical uh, guidelines that when you use AI, you've got to watch the results and monitor the results, track the results to see whether there's any kind of bias that is against the culture of country. Uh, and it happens... Also in the US, for example, you know, uh, to make sure that there is no racial discrimination, there's no gender discrimination. Uh, you do not come to the conclusion that when you do your credit scoring, well, you conclude because to start off with AI, you require basic data. And the traditional human use data that, uh, and the credit scoring sometimes is there's a lot of bias in it. So AI will start with the basic data and then evolve to improve itself as it comes in, and by the course of it, you got to do the testing so make sure that you remove those uh, biases. That's to briefly uh, the guidelines. But in,
0: in terms of banking, we actually do that as well. So uh, we tested the model. So we actually, you know, um, do it together with uh, our underwriting team and see if, you know which one has more um, you know. Uh, bad credits or which one oh, yeah. uh, turns out better. So that's that's another way that we're monitoring. Yeah. I but see. it's not in the rule or regulations or in the ethic that we, we implemented. Yeah.
2: I think uh, 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 Hong Kong has it, Singapore has it, and uh, eventually I believe the Thailand will hmm. yeah. and as yeah. there is a mention about the use of AI in uh, AML. Yeah. Yeah. And AML, you use AI to reduce the false positives. And, and a lot of this data, again, the bias has got to be uh, uh, managed very carefully.
1: In many of these jurisdictions are rolling out digital banking licences, right. uh, where a lot of players are digital and you know, use right. of, uh, advanced data uh, technology, yeah, those right. kind of guidelines and provisions. Are, right.
4: yeah.
2: and, and all the digital banks uh, in Hong Kong, Singapore, you know, they all don't have legacy systems, they use clouds. And, and they will move very fast, uh, low cost, give them agility, uh, speed to market, because any changes they can take place with the, the assistance of cloud. So these are the challenges that uh, so-called incumbent banks will have to address.
4: There is also one more factor that uh, comes into play. Um, it's like because uh, I'm partially involved in the AI research my, with my colleagues uh, from, Comar, from different countries. And what is uh, interesting maybe to you might be also uh, is the fact that actually different jurisdictions, uh, they have different approaches to the AI in terms of data anonymization. That means that, for example, Thailand, because Thai people are more open, more friendly, and they are more willing, um, as uh, said, that they are more willing to share the data in order to get some better results, yes, get better predictions, better offer. Uh, So they are more willing to share the data. That means that the model that is going to be built by AI team may be more accurate because there will be less data It will be anonymized. Whereas in other countries, in other jurisdictions, you have to cut out more data in order to provide it for the team to build a model. That means that uh, the more data you cross out or replace, the less accurate prediction will be. That means that, for example, Thailand can potentially build better models because the data will be more accurate that will be fed into the algorithm.
2: Okay, we move on to the next uh, last uh, topic for discussion that is a very important topic in particular to relation to Thailand, uh, which is your SMEs. And SMEs uh, in Thailand is a very critical uh, contributor to the Thai economy. So how do SMEs overcome some of their financing and business challenges? And what are the gaps that banks can help them uh, to close as well as enable them to manage a more sustainable business. And in Thailand, uh, officially there are 3.1 million SMEs employing some 12.7 million people. Unofficially, SMEs that are not included in the formal banking system could number as high as 5 million, according to our research. Uh, according to the IFC, uh, the, the, in Thailand, uh, SME have an estimated financing gap of 40.7 billion or about uh, 3.5 trillion uh, uh, in loans. The pandemic has hit the segment quite uh, hard, like any of the other countries across the region and across the world. And government has rolled out all kinds of uh, initiatives to help out the SMEs in terms of financial relief and support. So the Thai government has rolled out something like $250 billion Thai baht or $7.5 billion US dollars. Uh, talk about the challenges and opportunities, how we're going to close the gap. At the same time, what are the initiatives leveraging on technology and digital uh, systems to provide not just banking, but beyond banking services to SMEs? And... So what do small business want from the financial services providers, from the banks, uh, in helping them to grow within borders and cross-borders? And today we have to talk about cross-borders given e-commerce. Um, you know, and, and that's the expansion given also that uh, Thai rely a lot on tourism and the tourism industry has been affected badly by the pandemic and therefore cross-border products, cross border, uh, border sales are very critical uh, to support the shortfall in the uh, tourist industry. Uh, so SME I mean, normally wants to know how easy it is to manage the finances and business operation with the help of the banks, how they can get accurate real-time data to make their financial uh, cash management forecast. You know cash is a very important element. Uh, and So we would like to know what kind of initiatives uh, you have worked during this pandemic uh, with your SMEs in helping them to grow and sustain uh, through these challenges and what are the risk-reward you're managing in the course of doing so. So with that, we would like to start with uh, Bank Ayutthaya Ratapon. Maybe you can uh, make some comments on the SME front.
0: One of the initiatives that um, we're working on it's the digital factoring uh, ecosystem, which is part of the uh, BOT uh, um, initiative where um, they're doing a factoring process um, to reduce the fraudulent um, and double financing on the uh, invoices and lower the uh, barrier of factoring service to uh, for um, micro SME. Because I believe that uh, one of the key issue for um, SME uh, uh, to the, the access to cash so that's one of the areas that we're focusing on. And also the other areas, how we can onboard them on the digital platform so they can actually help them uh, sales. Uh, we, we also offer other um, service like, uh, you know, um, uh, merchant uh, platform, um, QR merchants. Also, we also have a uh, marketplace. So those are kind of uh, thing that we can help to support uh, our SME to actually Uh, drive their sales and, you know, just to pass through this, you know, um, challenges of the uh, COVID pandemic. So that's that's, uh, the initiative that we put forward too.
3: In terms of the SME, basically they need like two things, right? One is they need the money. Um, especially for those like um, the past two years that they are not be able to kind of like sell products much as before. Um, two is basically they want us to help them to kind of like expand it, their op- opportunity to sell. So basically find the market for them to meet with their customers. So in terms of um, what they need the money, we have a couple of initiatives that we have done. Uh, one is for our own like... Um, our own customers who actually got loans from K-Banks. Basically, uh, we have to go through all those like a deferring payments, um, back those kind of things that um, we work with the regulators that to help um, our own customers. Also, for those new customers, we have worked with partners as well. That, for example, we work with Lazada, Shopee, and you know, like uh, making using their own like data to help us to kind of identify the right customer who's in needs. Um, basically um we have a lot of like applications but we want to find the the good one the the one who actually really needs now and they have a willingness to pay back not just need the money and just want to gone off so basically we work with um our partners um Lasada shoppies and uh, facebook and we also work with our own um in terms of our channel as well so we are doing onboarding, for example, commercial loans on K+, plus, which is because in Thailand, in terms of SME, we are talking about, we have a huge SMEs and we have a very, you know, like long tail or small SME. So we're using our own platform to be able to make them be able to get into the financial, um, like uh, financial system, basically. So we have a commercial loan on K+. Plus. Um, we started to have it like this year so the customers all those like um who actually sells the products if we can identify and there's a proving internal data that they are like a sellers we will trying to move um like offering them on that because um in terms of the interest rate and those kind of things it will be much better than the personal loans so i think it will be the combinations that will be a, a cash sites um and in terms of um finding the the market. Basically, what we have is one. We have um, our own. Like we, we're not calling we are um, e-commerce, but we have a platform that uh, small merchants be able to onboarding and sell some of the products. So we try to make the our own customer SME meet with our own customer retail on the platform, basically because we have a huge like um, retail like digital um, customers. So one, that's um, helped them to get like a more of them expanded their own market. Two, like I say, is we work with Lazada Shopee and um, now we are looking for kind of a bigger markets, like not in Thailand, for example, Amazon, that we will have um, some other solutions, um, settlements, all those things um, coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think um, that will be pretty much because... the. We would like to help SME because we, we, they are pretty much like they are core of the Thailand um, economies as well.
2: Any specific comments from Darius in, in terms of uh, uh, the support that uh, we need in terms of backend systems and, and processes to make the onboarding as well as the, uh, shall I say, ongoing support, you know, yep. uh, proactive support to SMEs that banks can give?
4: Yes, yes, definitely. So uh, let me just quickly go back and refer to the answers that my colleague uh, just gave. I lost the, those answers because this is exactly what SMEs uh, need, exactly as you said. Uh, but the thing is that uh, uh, the SMEs needs, they derive from something, they derive from the position where they are at the moment, right? Because in order to, need, to get something you need to know where you are in order to think where you're going but the problem is that many SMEs in thailand they are are either um unserved or underserved that means that uh, some of them might not have all the physical digital cash in their banks so it's quite difficult for them to manage all the finances There could be some uh, invoices flowing in and out. Some of them can be in paper version. Uh, Some information may be stored in different banks as well. So uh, without this concept of the open banking and the AIS, which is the account information service, payment information service, uh, they might not have... uh, all data in one place, which is make it a little bit more complex for them to make decisions. So once we have this open banking and where uh, the bankers can show to SMEs the all financials that they have in their own bank, but also in the other banks, right? Then they can make a very good decisions. And those decisions can also be impacted by AI and some other uh, tools that will make them more decisions and better decisions. What is also worth to mention uh, is that the bank uh, obviously needs to know their customers very well. So uh, the job for the bank is to have the all data that they possibly can have and also we have this data structured, well cleaned and analyzed. And then having all those steps, the, the bank can make up offer. So if we will be discussing about uh, the unique experiences of the SME, unique experiences of the client, uh, that needs to be backed up by the bank that provides the timely offer. The offer about, as my colleague said, for example, factoring, supply chain financing, or uh, loans that will be exactly timed and profiled because uh, what the bank would like to uh, avoid is to fill in the Fed to the client an offer that the client is not interested in. So this is uh, where the concept of open banking with the AI runs together and helps the bank to utilize it to the, its full potential
1: in this dialogue we've heard from uh, two of the leading consumer financial institutions in uh, thailand k bank and kung sri uh, about how they are how the digitalization of their, their consumer business is bringing a uh, unique customer experience to their consumers and customers through partnership through the building of ecosystem uh, with leading social media platforms uh, e-commerce platform, uh, right hailing platform, um, and it's all about putting customers in the center and um, embedding their service where their customers are. Uh, what is uh, exciting uh, we hear is also they're creating different business model, creating subsidiaries like K-Line, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, Line VK in Kroom Trees, uh, K's, uh, uh, creating digital services like TAP, right? Uh, uh, which is quite different from their traditional offering. Um, and it is that that shift towards greater uh, platform or ecosystem uh, that is making them relevant in an a increasingly, increasingly connected uh, environment and an increasingly disruptive one. Uh, what is also very exciting is that they are enabling that part of the business to take on um, uh, technology like AI, ML, and they're moving towards the cloud. Not wholesale, but in some part of that business where it's critical to connect with their ecosystem partners that they need to be in the cloud, that they, they have done that. And we look forward to the industry as it moves towards uh, the cloud maybe in the next five, ten years as their journey continues to unfold. Um, the SME market is very important and uh, we hear from both banks that you know, it's an important area that they continue to create new solutions um, like you know, and the central bank is also creating new initiatives like the factoring ones um, that at the same time deliver a, a, a better experience but also at the same time minimize or mitigate the risk of fraud. So all very exciting and, and we hear also from Darius in terms of uh, somehow of the technology, um, the use of AI can enable it.
3: Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.